This is The Day That Changed Everything, a podcast series produced by MainBiz, Maine's business news source. Every two weeks, we will post an interview with a Maine business leader whose life or business was upended in one day and learn how they navigated their way back. If all great change is preceded by chaos, then this podcast series seeks to help us make sense of the chaos. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by Norway Savings Bank. Welcome to the Main Biz Podcast, The Day That Changed Everything. I'm Andrea Tetzlaff, the Associate Publisher of Main Biz, and I'm joined today by Renee Cordes, Main Biz Senior Writer. We thought we'd end the year kind of talking a little bit about what we've done with this podcast over the last two years and what we've learned. You know, in all of our interviews, we ask the advice of the business people that we're talking to, what they learned through their stories they share with us. And so we thought maybe we'd share a little bit about what we learned and then also about some of that advice that resounded with us. We started the Main Biz podcast mid-2020 uh, as a way to sort of stay connected with the business community and as a, as a unique way to continue to bring the stories of business people to the Main Biz audience. We've told 63 of those stories over the last two and a half years. The most popular story to date has been Jonathan Ayers, former CEO of IDEX, but our listeners have enjoyed many other stories. There's been Andy Shepard talking about the revitalization at Saddleback Mountain. There's been Maine Cabin Masters talking about starting their television show. And our very first podcast featuring Kevin Hancock, who was interviewed by former Maine Biz publisher Donna Broussard, talking about what it was like to try to lead his company uh, when he lost his voice, quite literally. So we've enjoyed bringing you these stories, and we thought we'd share today kind of what we learned about starting a podcast, uh, since that was new for us. So, Renee, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what we learned as we, you know, were learning on the fly about what it was like to start a podcast and how to do that? Sure. And of course, when we started, this was new for all of us uh, and for the whole team, and it certainly has been a, a steep learning curve. So I had in the past life done multimedia journalism before on air video mostly, but it had been a while, but uh, I'm a print journalist by background. So there are some similarities to preparing and, and writing articles and then also some very strong differences. So one similarity is that the time-consuming element, uh, the research, uh, you've got to do your homework, you know, before you uh, pick up the phone or in this case, before you interview someone and listeners may or may not realize that when we record the interview, we'll already have had a few conversations with the person uh, on background uh, to get the information that we need to answer good questions to establish a rapport with the person. Another difference is that if you write an article, you could always go back to the person if you need another quote when you sit down and write the story. But with us, you know, once you sit down and you make that recording, that's it. That that's your chance. And later you could always um, second guess and think, oh, I should have phrased that differently. Uh, I don't know if you've had that same experience, Andrea, where after you record, oh, I wish I had asked that or I wish I phrased that differently. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially when going back and editing, you think of 10 more questions that you could have asked that might have been better than what you did ask or 
you know, there's always that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to live with what you've captured and, and tell that story the best you can. True. And, and you know, we like to think that we got better each time. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's the case. And another challenge that I had a few times was when I interviewed two guests, um, like the guys from Main Cabin Masters, the Sharma brothers from Rupee Beer, uh, Bill Raspar and Peter Michaud talking about putting up a COVID clinic at the Downs uh, development. So that was um, always tough because I knew who was talking, but of course, our listeners are only getting the audio. And so um, you had to give clues sometimes to the listeners of who was speaking. And that was not always easy. It was almost like, you know, being an orchestra conductor, not a whole orchestra, but maybe a couple of musicians. Did you have any experiences with, with two guests? I did. I recorded the gentleman from Shipwright. And I know Donna did a recording with Julie and Julia from Main Cancer Foundation. And you're right, it's tough, right? Because if it's a man and a woman, then that audio is very easily distinguishable. Um, but if it's two men or two women, you know, Renee, I think you did a great job of always trying to say, and Van, what do you think <laughs> about that? Or, and Peter, did you have anything to add to that to sort of give the listener the context? But it can be difficult when you have um, multiple guests in an audio interview to, to distinguish between who's saying what. True. And I always had to, you know, give myself mental reminders uh, to do that. So, Andrea, what are some of the things that you've learned from this? Sure. I mean, you know, I am I certainly don't come from a journalistic background. Um, so mine's a little bit different, although I have really enjoyed um, telling the stories of the folks that I've interviewed. Um, I think my observations have been a little bit less on the journalistic side and a little bit more on sort of the the logistical or operations side, because I tended to be the one that was editing or be the one that was recording the interviews. Um, so, you know, one of the things that really I found very quickly is that things can be both very simple and very complicated all at the same time. And what I mean when I say that is it's really easy to just schedule a Zoom interview, hit record and go. And that happens. But then you've got the complicated part afterwards of editing the podcast and deciding what do you keep? What's not necessarily valuable to the story? Did the microphone cut out on this really integral part of somebody's story? And how do I fix that? How can I make that better? Um, you know, all, all of our journalists, we've had many people who have done interviews over the last two and a half years, and all of them have different styles that they um, interview people with. And so learning kind of what each person's style was and staying true to that while mm. editing, but also staying true to the mission of telling about a day that changed everything for our um, listeners was kind of a little bit complicated. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just kind of be true to the story that's being told and everything else kind of falls into place. Um, and then another thing that was really eye-opening to me was talking with other people about what we were doing. And by that, I don't necessarily mean the interviews, although that's helpful, but just about mm -hmm. creating a podcast. So I was talking to somebody about creating a podcast one time and she asked me, you know, what I used for editing software. And we were talking about that and she made a suggestion. I do a trial of this editing software 
for, you know, a week just to see if it works. And it changed my life and cut my editing time in half by using the software that she suggested that I would never have known about had I not been talking to her about it. Um, you know, I, you know, Renee, just by talking to people out on the street, we got different ideas for stories. I mean, how many times were you at a main biz event or at different events and people suggested stories that might be interesting for the podcast? True. And, you know, when we started this, um, uh, my other half said, oh, you guys will eventually run out of stories, you know, to fit this theme, the day that changed everything. Not at all. You know, yeah. the variety of stories that we have gotten from so many different sources. Um, and Andrea, for someone you said you don't have a journalism background, but you're a fantastic interviewer. And I think what it takes is, you know, to have that sense of uh, curiosity and you very much have that. So, Well, thanks, Renee. I think it's just a lot of don't be afraid to talk to people, talk about what you're doing, garner, new, be open to suggestions and new ideas and and taking constructive criticism, right? Like, We've talked internally about this didn't really work well in an interview. Maybe next time do it this way. And we've given each other that feedback on various interviews that we've done to make them all worthwhile, I think. Right. And I can uh, now share this with our listeners. My very first one that I recorded, I, I redid. And uh, the second time was was better. Um, and fortunately, the guest was also willing to to redo that interview. So you know, I, I learned good about, lessons uh, from that. I forgot about that, Renee. <laughs> hey, we're going to take one quick break. And then when we come back, Renee and I are going to talk to you a little bit about the advice that we've sort of taken to heart from business leaders over the last couple of years. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This is Jennifer Cook of Norway Savings Asset Management Group. Here, we believe in family asset management. Simply put, it means we do right by you and your loved ones. And it's not necessarily the size of the portfolio we care about. It's the story behind it. A story that's unique to you. Let us help you write your next chapter. For more information, visit norwaysavings.bank. Investment products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed by the bank, and may lose value. Welcome back to our wrap podcast for 2022. Um, this is Andrea Tetzlaff, and I am joined by Renee Cordes of the Main Biz Podcast team. So as promised before the break, we were going to talk to you about some of the um, advice that we've heard from business leaders over the year that we really took to heart. So Renee, I don't know, do you want to start and kind of give us a feel for some of that advice that really um, hit home with you? Uh, sure. Of course, I think we could highlight something from each podcast episode because uh, there were so many takeaways, but a couple uh, really stood out for me. And one is from uh, Devin McNeil of Flowfold talking about the importance of being nimble. And their situation was, you know, at the start of the pandemic, uh, shifting uh, their business model uh, very quickly um, from making gear to making, uh, you know, life-saving uh, personal protective equipment. I know that seems like a long time ago. That was very early in the pandemic. But just his lesson about uh, being nimble and being able to adapt, I think you could apply to an, any number of situations. So let's um, hear a clip from Devin right now on that. I think being nimble is, is a huge advantage. I think you always need to have flexibility and you need to constantly try to solve problems that you see in the marketplace. 
So if you understand what you're good at and where you provide value, that's going to lead you to make smart investments in growing your company. Yeah. And as I was saying earlier, you can apply those lessons to any number of situations, including uh, main biz. When we launched the podcast, we could not do live events. We were all working from home. We didn't even have an office. Uh, so, hey, we launched a, a podcast and I think we did okay. Another lesson that I uh, recall very vividly is uh, Amy Van Heeren of Pump Spotting uh, about perseverance and sticking to a plan that you believe in, even if the road is bumpy. Don't quit on your hardest day. Just, you know, keep going. Really tap into the amazing people around you who have ideas and, and want to support. And, you know, I get a lot of joy out of connecting with others. And so just, you know, you, the world needs what you're building. So keep going. I just love Amy's optimism and enthusiasm. And of course, all of us have hard days, but it's so important to stay motivated. And then finally, you already mentioned Jonathan Ayers, quite a gripping story and, and podcast interview with him about finding new purpose after a catastrophic bike accident. And he talks about finding his life's purpose and his new chapter in life after that accident. And my advice is, you know, that's going to that start. Start somewhere, you know, join your local hospital board or whatever it is that, you know, you're passionate about and start learning because there's going to be a point in time when that may be your major focus. And you can't just all of a sudden say, oh, well, now this is what I'm going to do because you won't have developed the skills to doing it. And the more successful you are, the more important it is that you start developing those skills. He was talking mainly about philanthropy, but again, it's a universal um, lesson that can be applied to thinking about what you'd like to do in, in your later years, about giving back in some way, following your passion, and I think that's a very uplifting message. So, so Andrea, what are some of the lessons from uh, some of the people that we interviewed that resonated with you especially? Yeah, I mean, you know, thinking back, I think I really liked the, the conversation that we had with Zach Poole from the main brew bus. You know, he talked about taking on a business partner to his existing business. And I guess, you know, my first thoughts around that are, how difficult that must be to sort of bring someone else's vision into something that you have a mind for how it's supposed to look or what you want to do or what you want to accomplish and really kind of figuring out how their vision complements your vision. And, you know, I'm sure it isn't all smooth and, um, and easy, but Zach talked a lot about that and I think it was really interesting. Make sure it's the right fit and every business is a little bit different. And I decided to take on an investor that had experience in the beer tourism and tourism industry. And I think that was definitely going to be the right move and making sure you're not, that you can work together well, but also that you're able to communicate what you think is the right move because you're both going to have different ideas and there's going to be a lot of stress in running a company together, um, especially if you've been running it yourself the whole time, but it's also exciting and fun. And 
I think the the culture that you can build is it will be exciting for your employees or your staff. And then, you know, another interview I mentioned earlier was with Julie and Julia from Maine Cancer Foundation. Our former publisher, Donna Broussard, talked to them about shifting um, a cause I'm passionate about that I participate in, actually, the Try for a Cure, and shifting that virtual in 2020. And then it ended up, unfortunately, being virtual in 2021 again. But we did have it live in 2022 this year. Um, but in this interview with Donna, they talk about you know, I I just admired their optimism of how they were going to come out of the try of the virtual try stronger. Um, they learned more about how to make an event successful. But I think it was just really admirable how they were so positive about how this was going to go and make sure that it was um, the event that they had always envisioned it to be, even if it had to be virtual. I think that what has happened in the past only makes us stronger for the future. So uh, again, whatever we learn from this year and any year previously to this one only builds upon what we do for the years to come. We hope, of course, that Try for a Cure is a legacy for Maine Cancer Foundation and for the women of Maine. Um, we've already seen some children that have gone from being three when we first started to now doing the race and, you know, mothers and daughters doing it together. So we hope that there'll be many more years of many generations of families of women doing the race um, again in honor of, of people with cancer. And then finally, you know, my conversation with Amy Bouchard of Wicked Whoopies. Selfishly, I'm a whoopie pie lover, so maybe that's why I selected this interview. Um, but, you know, I really liked what she had to say about saying no to what look like great opportunities and listening to your gut on when to decide what opportunities to take on as a business owner. So yeah, it's great if Walmart calls you and wants to carry your product in their stores, but do you have the capabilities to ramp up production to, to handle that? Are you protected as a business owner if something happens on their side or, you know, all of those things that might not be right for you as a business owner and really listening to your gut and kind of um, doing the smartest thing for your business as a business owner. And I think she had some interesting things to say about that. Actually, I was approached by Walmart. I was in the old bakery, which was obviously a lot smaller. And we were approached by Walmart. And I looked over the paper, which I was obviously very flattered. But at the same time, I'm like, first of all, there's no way. We just, we wouldn't be able to handle it. I didn't want to set us up for failure. And I also didn't know or feel that that was at the time the right fit for us. And, and so it, and, and looking over the paperwork, it was really setting us up for failure. They had a lot of different restrictions and, you know, um, fines that you would have to pay if you ever made a mistake on paperwork. And I'm like, well, I'm not in the business of making mistakes, but we are human and we can make mistakes. And so at the time, it just didn't feel right. And I'm glad that you know, I stuck to the way I feel and did not pursue that. I learned everything myself and I learned things backwards and the hard way, which I am actually happy that I did. But I also, you know, it, there was a few times things didn't feel right. And I went against my feeling of something not feeling right. So, and again, that was a learning experience. And if I had to do it all over again, I'd do everything the same way 
because it got me to where I am today. And it made me a smarter, better, wiser uh, business person. But my biggest thing is if it doesn't feel right, never do it. Just don't do it. It has to feel right. So hopefully this has been kind of a little bit of an insight as to what it was like behind the scenes creating a podcast and uh, and some of the information that Renee and myself found really um, interesting and, and informative as we conducted a lot of these interviews over the last two and a half years. Um, we're going to end this podcast today by letting our listeners know that this actually will be the last Main Biz Day That Changed Everything podcast. Um, it has been an amazingly fun ride uh, telling these stories to our listeners, but all great things come to an end. And that is what's happening um, with our podcast today. Doesn't mean it may not come back in, in some other fashion down the line, but for now, um, we're ending this. Um, but we do have to say thank you to especially to Norway Savings Bank. They jumped in with us at the start and believed in the stories that we were telling. And we very much appreciate their support for the last two and a half years. And to the main biz listeners who have gone on these journeys with us, hopefully you have found these stories to be um, as interesting and helpful in your business careers um, as we have found in telling them. Um, Renee, do you want to talk a little bit about the New England Newspaper Press Award uh, that we had won? Oh, sure. Well, we submitted the podcast to an annual contest last year sponsored by the New England Newspaper and Press Association that judges entries from the six states of New England. And uh, we were delighted to get an award for our podcast third place last year. So that was a nice uh, accolade to to receive. That was a really fun one to get, especially having been so new at it. And as, as Renee said, some days feeling like we were fumbling our way through. It was nice to have our work recognized in that way. If I can just say the, the best reward is the feedback that we've gotten from, from listeners, people who've told us that they enjoy the podcast, people on social media, listeners who subscribe. And uh, we've also uh, been surprised at um, where some of the downloads have come from, uh, some of them well beyond Maine and foreign countries. So we very much appreciate that. Yeah, it's always fun when I look at the statistics and, you know, Australia is lit up or Saudi Arabia <laughs> is lit up or just some random countries. We're like, why are people listening to us over there? But that's fun. We'll take it. Um, and, and just as a final note, all of the podcast episodes are archived on the mainbiz.biz website. So you can go back and find any of them um, there or on any of your listening platforms as well. So again, thank you for uh, taking this ride with us over the last two and a half years. Um, and hopefully you will stay tuned in uh, to Main Biz through our print publication, through the daily report and on our website where we're bringing news every day. And certainly join us at our Main Biz events as we you know, interact with the business community around the state of Maine. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone. This has been a production of MainBiz. Find out more about this podcast and other MainBiz media products at mainbiz.biz. The Day That Changed Everything is sponsored by Norway Savings Bank. The MainBiz podcast team includes Renee Cordes, Will Hall, Allison Mason, and Andrea Tetzlaff. Audio editor and producer is Chris Sedanka. Logo and marketing design by Matt Selva. Subscribe to the MainBiz podcast at mainbiz.biz or via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Copyright 2022.